most appropriate place for them. However, he must have put his brother before his country, because a few prayers later I was invited by the war office to attend an interview at Bedford to discuss my suitability for certain work of national importance. My audition took place at a large private house which tried to ramble but hadn't the vitality. A friendly sergeant told me the CO was expecting me, and I had my first meeting with Major Masters, the headmaster of the code-breaking school. He began the interview by asking what my hobbies were. Incunabula and intercourse, sir. It slipped out and wasn't even accurate. I'd had little experience of one and couldn't afford the other. I suspected that he wasn't sure what incunabula was, and added, And chess, too, sir, when there's time, which proved a better gambit. I answered the rest of his questions honestly, with one exception. He asked me how I first became interested in codes. There is only one person to whom I've ever told the truth about this, and we hadn't yet met. The reply I concocted didn't impress him. I didn't think much else had either. Three weeks later, I received his letter of acceptance. The school for code-breakers was the only one of its kind in England, and its founding father, patron saint and principal customer, was Britain's cryptographic supremo John Tiltman. According to O'Reilly, Tiltman's talent had already received the ultimate intelligence accolade. It had made him a bargaining counter with the Americans. The course was due to last for eight weeks, at the end of which the students would be graded and sent to Bletchley Park, which was Tiltman's workshop and the headquarters of the cryptographic department, known in the trade as MI-8. Fifteen new pupils, including two young women, had been selected for the course, and we sat at separate desks in a large bright room, studying the mating habits of the alphabet, counting the frequency of letters, and working our way through exercises which gradually became more difficult until we were ready to tackle codes of military and diplomatic level. For a short while the whole class seemed to be moving in orderly mental convoy towards the promised land of Bletchley. But amongst those potential problem masters there was one confirmed problem pupil. I knew that if I didn't break behavior patterns as well as codes, I would be lucky to last the term, a prospect which made me keep peace with my teachers for a personal best of about a week. The regression started when I felt a code of my own simmering inside me. This unwanted pregnancy was accompanied by morning sickness, which took the form of questioning the quality of the exercises which were supposed to extend us. I was convinced that the school's methods of teaching would be better suited to a crash course in accountancy. The decline was irreversible when I tried to find quicker ways of breaking codes than the ones prescribed for us, and began to chase cryptographic mirages of my own making. Having somehow absorbed a few tricks of the trade, I spent hours trying to devise codes which would be proof against them. Although possibly not quite the waste of time it was then pronounced to be, this was still chronic indiscipline masquerading as creative impulse. The chief instructor was a patient, conscientious lieutenant named Cheadle. He wandered round the classroom once a day, peering hopefully over the students' shoulders, urging us to dig out the root problems like a corn. When he came to my desk, he found nothing to excise. He was like a chiropodist treating a wooden leg which insisted on kicking him. 
By the time I was halfway through the course, all the others had reached the final exercise. Since I had no hope of closing the gap, I decided I had nothing to lose by vaulting it. It was strictly against the rules for any student to remove work from the premises. There was no law against memorizing it. By scanning the code until it became my favorite face, I was able to take all its key features home with me, slightly blemished by the spots before my eyes. Home in Bedfordshire, a county which deserved its duke, was a boarding house, one of many in which the students were billeted. I had been instructed to tell the landlady that I was from the Ministry of Information. At supper time that night, mine hostess, as usual, placed a piece of spam beside me, and the code surrendered at the sight of it. It laid down its arms and said, Enough. The rest was just hard work, a matter of gathering it in. Twenty-four hours later, I was the proud possessor...